Welcome to Death Readers. I'm Doug. I'm Rob. This is episode 39 of Death Readers. In this episode, we will be reading Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix. Chapters 14 through 15. 14 and 15, really. I don't know. I, I just kind of drifted off there for a second you made it it made it seem like i had forgotten something no i was like i was like what if i didn't say anything would people think he was just having a conversation by himself and my part was silent like i said i just drifted off it was weird if this is your first time listening to the podcast (laughs) this is the podcast where we are reading through the uh, harry potter series this is my first time reading through it uh i saw the movies when i was uh, younger when they came out and never read the books because i was like everybody always says the books are better. Well, fuck that. I'm going to watch the movies and not read the books and then read the books eventually and decide if they were better. So uh, it took me this long to do it. This is what we're doing. Rob, however, read them many times uh, and he's here to help me figure out what... <sighs> it used to be a source of pride and it's <laughs> seems like it suddenly shifted where it's a a, ba- a mark of shame. I, I mean, that's only how you interpret it. I, mean, maybe, I feel like that's how... Maybe the luster of your Potter badge of courage is gone it's no longer this is my side of the mountain yeah so there's another ya novel i was just trying to do yeah book titles that's what we're gonna do this is where the red and gold fern grows i don't know um yeah <laughs> that's why this is all cut out this is, we can just say whatever we want i don't know if it is <laughs> um ain't no one gonna hear this Rob's helping me read through these books and pointing out things that I might not get, or at least confirming for me as a person who's read them many times and is, is a uh, Potter scholar mm. um, that that uh, he'll help me figure out things that I might not uh, get on the first ride or read. Ooh. Read ride round. You okay? Doing nope. okay? Nope. Not okay. <laughs> Do you smell toast? My feet are cold. My feet are cold and my legs swelling. No, it's not. Um... I think that brings us, uh, right? Yeah. I feel like I have some housekeeping, but I I actually do have some housekeeping. I, uh, on the free Star Wars podcast that we released. Yep, it's up. um, I re-listened to it a second time, and man, do I sound stupid in it. Really? I mean, I feel like I know all the points I'm trying to make, but I feel like I made them very poorly. Well. And I think that it was uh, was frustrating to listen to. So I apologize to everyone who heard that and, and... probably stop listening to our podcast because I'm such a buffoon. This is cut. Why? Because I liked what you said. Oh. I only listened to the once, though. Well, I, I think the thing was when I listened to it, I heard myself... It was that thing where I was I was thinking faster than I was speaking. Mm-hmm. Like, my, my speaking was getting caught up on how quickly I was thinking. Mm-hmm. And it was... I have a hard time doubling back. I think, I think, I think... When I go too quick, quick you go too fast. I think you're overthinking it. It was like that. It was like listening to that and being like upset because I couldn't, I couldn't edit myself at the time. Um, I have this other thing where I and I try I say words incorrectly, where I like I'll I'll say a word that I, it sounds like the word I'm trying to say like phonetically is mm-hmm. close, but it's the wrong word. Mm-hmm. I do that a lot, um, and it is very present in that. I do that constitutionally. Okay. No. Um, but uh, it, uh, <laughs> right over it. <laughs> um, and what it, am I having a stroke? Because you just slapped me in the face. <laughs> it's it's really noticeable in that one because I was like I said I was just going so fast mm-hmm. um, and for so long. Mm. Oh, for example, like uh, uh, yeah, that's that's what it is. the main apology here is that I was entirely incorrect about Darth Vader's uh, Tie Fighter, but 
in fairness to me, we conflated two arguments in that moment. Yes, we did. And uh, the one is whether or not his ship has hyperdrive, which you insisted based solely off on him flying off, which I, th- I tried to address as being a thing that isn't Let necessarily cl- t- clear. rephrase, which still puts you in the right. I wasn't basing it on him flying off. I was basing it on third-party material. Yes, okay, yeah, okay. fair yes. enough. So, yes. Uh, yeah, and... And then that led us into a separate conversation about whether or not he does fly straight off. Whether he, he writes himself. Which I was wrong about. Right. Um, so I felt like that, uh, that's a weight off my that, shoulders. Okay. We needed to clear that one up. We needed to clear the hyperspace lanes because I'm going to make a jump from Star Wars to Harry Potter. I don't think there's anything else to apologize to about that Star Wars episode except just being generally embarrassed by myself. So thanks for listening. Um, <laughs> hey. This is a hyper safe space. It's a hyper safe space. Yeah, it's this is a space where our thoughts and feelings will be digested for a thousand years, and they won't age. You know that always bothers me, me. He would die way before. Way that. way before. Like it wouldn't matter how long it took to digest. Unless what? Well, this is all frog There's sarlacc enzymes that keep him alive. Or like, what if? Yeah, something about the digestive process of a sarlacc makes you, like, makes your consciousness continue. Yeah. Yeah, totally makes sense. No, but it could <laughs> it, it could work. You all it takes is a couple more lines of dialogue or something to explain yourself, but it doesn't matter because the point of it was to be scary and exciting and and uh, fantasiful. I think that's a word. See, that's another one of those things. Fanciful. God damn it. Fantastic. Mixing them both together to make it fantastical. Fantastiful. <laughs> I, I made too many different words just now. <laughs> you did. It's. It's a it's a problem. You're well. You're like a you're like a, a a neutron star, spitting out matter. Of yeah, but I'm only spitting out matter that I made out of having garbage brains. I don't know. I'm talking like you now. Oh, see, don't do that. It's only room enough in this sauna for one of us to talk like that. Uh, <laughs> we should probably get into actually talking about Harry Potter. We should. Um, <laughs> this, uh, like I said, so let's just start. Let's just continue to go forward. Yeah. With. Okay, one more thing. I am so sorry about the Star Wars thing. I just can't let it go. I'm so sorry. Okay, starting with Harry Potter, uh, Order of the Phoenix, Book 5, Chapter 14. Percy and Padfoot. My first note is, oh shit, we should explain how we do this. We read through the chapters, uh, and then as we go through them, we find pages that we take notes on, and we bring those notes together and discuss them. So we encourage you to read along. Uh, so that you know exactly what we're talking about when we get to those pages. I'm not saying, when I say read along, I should clarify that I don't mean... Uh, we need you to read along up till we say a page number and then pause the podcast and, you know, read up to that page. And then when we finish our point, read up to the next point page. Not at all. That would be insane. Please don't do that. If you do that, let me know because that's awesome. But don't do that because that's insane. So well, now that that's all clarified, uh, we are on. Couldn't be more clear. Uh, I'm on, my first note is uh, page 280. Go for it. Uh, I really enjoyed this moment on page 280 where Harry's trying to write a letter to Sirius, and he has this uh, opportunity Mm -hmm. uh, and the self-awareness to reflect on how difficult it is to write a coded letter to somebody, and and then in that moment also has the opportunity to reflect on how mean he was to his friends for not writing him Mm -hmm. earlier in the year. Yeah. And it's this moment where he... uh, he sort of understands them better and he understands that they probably had a hard summer too. Like he had a hard summer mm-hmm. and, and arguably harder because he was just totally in the dark and that's what made it so torturous for him. Right. Uh, it's the unknown, the known unknown as Donald Rumsfeld put it. 
you you don't know you know there's something out there you don't know you don't know and you right. know there's people who do know it and you don't know why they're not telling you right and it, it just reminded it made me think of let's just like this thing where it's like why is it that people have a hard time developing empathy for other people until they've experienced that thing until until someone has suffered the same way as somebody else it's hard for them to empathize with those people expressing hey i'm suffering mm -hmm. like uh some examples that i've seen in the last couple of years is like student loan debt someone trying to explain to someone like i seriously have tens of thousands of dollars in student loan debt it cripples my uh, choices in yeah. life. Like I, I have, I, not just like, oh, I don't get to afford nice things, but like I can't choose, I have to choose a job that can help me, or I have to like, I have to gain a job that can help pay for that, or I'm in debt for the rest of my life. Or like I have to choose to get a job that is horrible and hard and takes a lot of time and effort and, and energy and stress just to pay this thing off that was an inflated price for the product I purchased anyway. Mm -hmm. But you have no, but it's it's a gamble. It's this weird you know thing. So stuff like that, people don't understand it because they've never had, to, people who've never gone through it tend to be uh, difficult when it comes to trying to explain that, where they just, they just think of it as any other economic decision as opposed to what it is, which is a, a it's a scam, mm -hmm. you know, and it's, it's, it's a really rough thing that, uh, people are suffering through but there's an old especially an older generation who does not understand really what that's like and are challenging and unsympathetic um there's that one there's the, the whole migrant crisis right now in the country where people are like people seem to think no no they shouldn't just have come here illegally and it's like well there's a lot it's not a they're all not just one person they're not right. one you know archetype of a situation it's as many different people as there are are as many different variety of stories of how they got here and why they're here. Right. And that's why the process should be, like the, the especially the refugee migrant process, should be going through them individually and checking out their stories and vetting them and deciding if they can come in, as opposed to just saying no. Um, now, there's, I, I genuinely feel like there's some argument to be made for, yes, that process would work like that if those people were actually did the, the way we have the system set up is they're supposed to go to the first country they enter and seek refuge there as opposed to going through that country to our country, which is what a lot of, uh, is I think was happening with like Venezuela or, or other South American countries is they're basically going all the way up till they get to the United States. United States basically saying, you really should have stopped many times before that because of the way our, the, this, this system international works. system works. Right. And that's the main problem. And I feel like people's energies get, conflated with that about like what we're really talking about when we come when it comes to this subject because uh, some people are like you can't hurt babies and other people are like well you can't enter illegally and then that becomes the conversation as opposed to like what about the actual function of what's happening here in in the the process can we just can we stop moralizing at each other and right. just get down to how do we fix the actual uh, mechanics of this problem so uh, there's that one there's um there's a lot of them, like like a white privilege is another one like people who have it don't don't or privilege in general right it, it's Absolutely. hard it's hard for people to understand that they have it because they've never lived without it and it's being talked about in such a negative that as soon as they're told they have privilege like, nope that's not it because oh, yeah. I'm not that guy I'm right. not the guy like, with the privilege right like I, those I, guys have privilege I'm that's an ally I don't saying. have privilege right right not what we're saying no it's, not what they're saying right. what any of us are saying right but this idea of of when you actually have it and you can't see through it and you can't reflect on it to then throw around judgments on people who 
you know, are actually suffering through something, but the argument becomes, no, you're not. That's a lie. You just feel like it's that way because you've been told to think it's that way. And it's like, eh. That's funny. It's, but it's even an attitude in uh, grade school. My, 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 my kid has a classmate who will say to anyone, like, oh, it's not that bad. What you're suffering is not, you knock it off. You're just wanting kind of thing. And it's just interesting that, like with the with the kids, it just it seemed like a mentality of I haven't lived long enough to be able to empathize outside my own very small world view. Right. But clearly it goes all the way to the top. I, I even reflected on my own while thinking about this. I was thinking about my own bigotries and I was thinking about uh, I have a and I've talked about it on this podcast, which is why I want to bring it up now, <clears throat> is this um, this sort of really harsh bigotry on uh, people who are like addicts, like people who are addicted to things, uh, specifically uh like cigarettes and uh, drugs uh, mainly. And I have this, like, I think what happened to me was that my dad had such a dramatic experience growing up with uh, hating smoking Mm -hmm. uh, and hating drugs. And he used, in my interpretation, he kind of used the uh, morality of the illegal nature of illegal drugs to justify being very, very, very Mm anti-drug as opposed to getting into the nitty gritty about what specifically about them is the problem or why people, why me specifically shouldn't do it. And he used a lot of very uh, simple, uh, you know, conditioning tactics essentially when I was very young to explain to me that like to to really instill in me because very important to him. It all came from a place of love. I, I, I know and understand his idea was I. It was his main priority in this horrible world to make sure that his kid didn't grow up a smoker and didn't grow up to be a drug abuser. Mm-hmm. So he did the best he could to make sure that if he didn't get anything else right with me, he got that. So at least that wouldn't happen. Now it came with some uh, side effects. Sure. <laughs> um, one of them being adopting a sort of like holier than thou perspective on addiction, mm-hmm. and uh, this sort of reflexive perspective on people who are addicts as being gross and filthy and lessers like essentially they're in their own class in my brain right and i'm recognizing as an adult that that isn't nice (laughs) like it's not uh productive constructive yes exactly there's there's all these things that it is like it is it is a reaction it is well it's also an emotional one it's also like the things that i'm i I would tend to point out are like objective realities like If you if you do these drugs, if you smoke, let's just use cigarettes. If you smoke cigarettes or, or tobacco through an unfiltered or filtered uh, way, you're going to develop potentially. You're going to develop lung pro- lung problems and right. lung diseases and other problems like heart disease and everything. It's really fucking bad for you. Right. So to do that without acknowledging the inevitable dangers is ignorant and willfully so. Uh, and I don't like it when people are that way. I would like it more, I guess for me, and part of my, my core part of my personality is I would really like it if people, I feel like it's hard to say because I, it's not like I'm not trying to be, I recognize my own hypocrisies in a lot of ways. But it, the idea is that I would like it if, if people endeavored to shatter their own delusions and try to find a way to live the most productive life they can uh, and the most honest life they can. And people have a really hard time doing that. And it it makes it so that when you communicate with people about those things that they are probably building a facade around themselves with about, like, a lie, Mm -hmm. 
um, to to help themselves in some way, I have a tendency to see those and call them out, which is not the nicest thing to do. Right. Uh, but it's part of like, it's literally this whole podcast. It's like seeing this thing and being like, that's not right. <laughs> like, uh, and, and, uh, but with other people, it, it becomes different things. And I don't want to get into too many specifics about it, uh, too many specific examples, but, um, smoking's the, the least specific one I can get into because it's pretty universal. Like anybody who smokes and I'm going to throw in vaping into this as well, because I genuinely, I would put money on any, you know, consumption of vapors containing anything, other, any sort of chemical construct other than uh, like oxygen and right. hydrogen um, is probably going to have, in a concentrated fashion, it's probably going to have some sort of uh, negative and damaging effects on your lungs, minimum mm-hmm. your lungs. So it's, if you do it, I'm not saying you will have problems. I'm saying you're taking a risk of not knowing you won't. Right. And that's the problem. That's not a risk I'm willing to take, and it's not a risk I want to be around. For example, perfectly fair example, you and I used to have a coworker who, who when vaping became a thing, would vape at work a lot. Yeah. And that really bothered me because there was no company rule about how you're not supposed to do that. And... But because there are about smoking, but the argument is this isn't smoking. Right. It's vaping. It's just air. What's the problem with it? And it's like, you're not a chemist. (laughs) That's the problem with it. You're not a molecular biologist. (laughs) You don't know anything about what this is actually doing. You just want to be a contrary, like rebellious person who's getting away with something. And you want your mouth to taste like bubble gum without chewing bubble gum. Just chew a fucking bubble gum. Um, go, so go buy some bubble gum, man. Like hubba bubba. Just pick up a stick. Is that a slogan for them? So it should be. Uh, they should have an anti-vaping slogan called hubba bubba pick up a stick. <laughs> anyway. Um, or Jewel be a loser. Hubba bubba pick up a stick or Jewel be a loser. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Um you're so proud. <laughs> I just it just I'm not proud. It just he's proud. I mean, I'm just it's the Star Wars thing all over again. I'm just embarrassed. Um the uh, That's Dana. <laughs> the uh um So that instance happened and you have to have a conversation with the person where you say, Hey, listen, here's the thing. You're it's totally cool if you do these things to yourself in a vacuum, but we don't work in a vacuum. No. The air we have is a solution. Mm. We're talking about chemistry. It's a solution. It's it it fills with a uh, consistency of all of the gases put into it. The gas you're introducing to this environment is really pungent, <laughs> and it's 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 a way it's a thing that we're like my nose can tell me it's here. Right. It's not like if I was going to die from carbon monoxide poisoning where I would just die because <laughs> right. I wouldn't be able to detect it. I can actually detect this through sight and smell. That makes me feel like I'm aware that my surroundings are changing and I haven't opted into that. And this is workplaces are an opt in environment. Mm-hmm. It's the same reason you don't microwave fish at the workplace. And if you do, fuck you. <laughs> uh, don't fucking Agreed. do that. Agreed. Um, so doesn't need to be done. It doesn't need to be done. It's the, it's the same idea. So smoking and vaping are that kind of thing where I feel like there are objective risks that people choose. This is the main problem. They choose not to uh, 
to acknowledge them or give a shit that mm-hmm. other people or, or give a shit for themselves. They don't give a shit that yeah, I'm doing this. Who cares? I'm not dead right now. I'm not, you know, uh, I'm not hacking up black and blood now. So it's probably fine. Like my pulse is relatively good now. So who cares about in 50 years? In 50 years, I'll be dead. And it's like, or, or in 20 years, you'll be dead. Right. Um, and so I have, I have talked about in this podcast having a lack of empathy for these people who suffer through this in their dying times. Right. When, when they actually go through... See, that's one of those things when I say it and I feel like I'm an idiot. Dying no, but I know times. what you're saying. You're the, um, the, the, the end, the when, when, reading when, what they've sown. Yes, when the results of their actions sure. uh, come to fruition, right. it, it's one of those things where it's hard for me to have empathy because it's like, I fucking told you so. It's a 40-year game of I told you so, and I don't like it. I would like to stop playing. Can you help me stop playing? Stop smoking kind of thing. Right. Um, but I was having a conversation with somebody d- today about this. And I was, it was in that mindset of like, um, fuck him. Who cares? And then he, the, the guy I was talking to was like, yeah, but it's not like smoking and, and drug addiction isn't like an addiction. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, it's not like where the thing about addiction is that you can like rationally acknowledge that this is a thing you shouldn't do. Right. And it's harder to actualize not doing it because you have an irrational chemical, but physiological and biological urge to do a thing. And you and, and not everybody has, you know, constitutions of steel. See, I use constitution correctly. Right, um, Jesus. The uh, <laughs> uh, or, or, you know, willpower that is good. I am one of those people. Like, and that's one of the things that they helped me sort of literally in the span of six hours at this point, like try to try to correct my own behavior is like recognize that I have a, my own problems with self-control and right. my own problems with uh, uh, discipline and constitution. I'm just going to use it again correctly. Um, and I'm only doing it because I've used so many words incorrectly. I'm, I use so many words incorrigibly. See, I'm trying to make up for it. Yeah. Yeah. You did a great job. Now you're just being obsequious. No. I'm not. <laughs> I'm being something. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so I um, uh, recognizing that again, talking about this Harry Potter thing, right. it, it it takes me having to accept that I do this thing to appreciate and have empathy for these other people, and that sucks. Mm-hmm. It sucks that it uh, there's something in our brains, or, or the and I'll, I'll say our brains because I'm guessing this isn't a unique thing to me, where like we we need to experience the thing before we can accept and appreciate other people experiencing it. And that is really unfortunate because it means our progress will be slow. Yes. And that means that we will get a lot done very, very slowly or or not at all. And that sucks. It does. So at least Harry (laughs) has that opportunity to look at it and go, Oh man, I feel bad. I, I made a mistake with my friends. Uh, and, and likewise, I'm like this, this moment in this book is causing me to realize that I should be, I, I can be and should be more empathetic with people who are having trouble changing their behaviors for their own good. Mm-hmm. And be it's a, hard. Be a little more patient about it. Yeah. It's hard to do. Literally, like a uh, fiance has trouble drinking water, really needs to drink more water, like not hydrated enough, drinks soda all the time, but that's not water. No. And I don't know if anybody listening needs to hear this. My wife does. Go ahead. Some somebody out there needs to hear this. Yeah, you need to drink more water. Drink it. Drink the water. Drink water. Drink the water. I was telling her. I, I was, and my thing is like I try to come up with 
like functional ways to help her develop habits mm -hmm. so i told her like hey like i tried this thing for a while it was a game where i was like challenging her i was like i bet you can't drink i bet you can't drink uh, 60 ounces of water or 60 ounces of water in a day and she was like fuck you i bet i can and i was like bet you can <laughs> and then she did for like a week and then the game stopped and i'm like shit um and so now and, and it just it stopped and she's still not hydrated and so i'm like well what if we have dogs right so she gives the dogs water we, we, we don't just keep an open full bowl out because they drink, they'll they over drink and then vomit or piss. <laughs> so we, we uh, give them water at intervals throughout the day. And I told her, hey, you know what, what you should do? Every time you give them water, you should get in the habit. You should like Pavlovianly condition yourself, classically condition yourself. So every time you give them water, you drink water. Give them some water, you get a glass. Drink the glass. Drink the whole thing. And you know what'll happen? Suddenly, you'll be way more hydrated. Even if it's just, a, even if it's not sixty ounces a day, you're still doing a lot better than you were before. Right. Um, but it's hard for people to develop those habits. Sure. And it's also hard, to, like, to visualize those, like, the results because they would be amazing. But like, just getting, it just sucks. This, this moment, and this is a small moment on the first page of these of these <laughs> chapters, caused me to have this realization about like you know, the, the struggle between habit and reaction mm -hmm. and empathy and all this stuff. So, you know, I guess they're good books. <laughs> um, <laughs> Let's go back to that thing you just said. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, addicts, they should be, you should be empathetic towards them. Totally. Uh, what's your next note? 287. Mine's 284. Okay. I actually have 284. All right. So 284, they're in the Owlry. Yeah. Glossing over the description of the dropping strewn floor. Yeah. Well, I have no problem with there being a dropping stream floor. In the Owlry? Yeah. Of course you wouldn't. There's not an no, anti-pooping spell no, right. in I the know. Of course. If Harry wanted to I shit himself right it. now, I didn't need to get into he could this gloss typical his legs predictable over conversation. shit. Sure. <laughs> so, glossing over that, I'm just going to highlight again how much Harry is benefiting from Cedric's death. And uh, doesn't it seem kind of weird or... Okay, let me rephrase. Does it kind of seem like Cho is more attracted to Harry because he didn't die and Cedric did? Like, she keeps saying things like, oh, that was so brave of you. Or like... Like... Because he survived the thing Cedric didn't, that makes him, like, better. Well, I mean, Cedric is dead. It's harder to be attracted to a dead person. Well, for some people. But I do think, yeah, Cho is probably looking at Harry through some rose-colored glasses. Yeah, it's like, or, or what if it's, I know that, I, I wish I knew more, like, uh, and in psychological sense, terms. Sure. Because I feel like there's one where it's like, this This is one where Displacement? she's like. Displacement? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Adam's family. It. Duh. Yeah. Oh, thank you. She's <laughs> displaced, or, like. From Cedric to absolutely she to has Harry. yeah, Cedric went in the maze. Harry came out. He's kind of a Cedric surrogate. Of course, right. that's what's right. happening. Yeah, thank, thank you, Gomez, Doctor Penderschloss. Thank you, Doctor Penderschloss. Yeah, yeah, um, it's a great movie. I'm sure. Criterion. Put Adam's family. They're not listening to this one. Put Adam's family in the in the collection. Put both and Family Values. All right, got to get that baby. But Debbie. Pastels. The kid from uh, Santa Claus is in that. Mm -hmm. right? so. Oh, I knew his name recently too. It's got the so, guy 
from the second Ghostbusters movie. Yeah. Who you tried to bring up in another podcast. Yeah, he's in fucking Dragonheart. What's Dragonheart? No, sorry, Dragon Slayer. Okay, Dragon Slayer. Because I know what Dragonheart is. No, he's in Dragon Slayer, where he's the sexy hero. Peter McNichol. I don't think he's related to Kristen McNichol. Check out our Patreon for this joke. Um, Which joke is that? All of it. Okay. <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah, it's it's weird, right? Like Cho. Yeah. Like the whole thing. I, I just want to. I hope Harry figures it out. She's looking nope. through Cho's colored glasses. Ew. No, it didn't work. I hope. Yeah, I hope Harry at some point gets the realization that sh- she's just not that into you, man. She's into the other guy that you let die. Uh, I. I think. I don't think it's too much of a spoiler to say, as is often the want in teenage romance, things just kind of... I think that the thing that's bringing this to mind, this is not this at all, but like it reminds me of, I think, the... It reminds me of that movie Pearl Harbor, that Michael Bay movie. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure the in the plot of that, Ben Affleck and... Uh, fuck, what's his name? Josh. Josh Hartnett. Yep. Are uh, they're like best friends, and one of them has a pregnant wife, and then that one who has the pregnant wife dies, and mm-hmm. then the other one ends up marrying her and raising that kid as his own. It's very biblical. Yeah, it's it's it, his duty, really. It feels like that. It feels like something weird like that. Like if you died, your brother would have to marry your fiance. Oh, no. Yeah, it's rules. Would, I'm, gonna, it's I'm, rules. I'm gonna put that in my will. It's rules, man. Wills. Fiance is free not to marry my brother putting that right in the will are you giving her her freedom yeah this is problematic i mean i'm just glad nobody has you know tried to declare prima nocta joke (laughs) (laughs) okay uh so my other 284 is um hmm i bet we'll never hear about this dong bomb conspiracy again i'm sure that's just a colorful and imaginative side note that will never come up in the story again. 287. <laughs> that's that's you. Uh, just because, similar to your last note, this is the end cap of another Sturgis Podmore. Mm-hmm. Well, well, well. I didn't write that down because I did mention it last episode. Sure, sure. Um, but you were right. Yeah, it was. Yeah, you got it. You got it. He's fucked. Uh, my next page is 298. 291. Go for it. Pansy Parkinson, fuck you. Yeah. This, I think, is the first racially motivated comment in the book. Oh, really? Oh, you mean besides all the elf shit? Yes. Kind of speciesist, I guess. Yes. I'm talking about, what, like, why would someone want to have worms coming out of their hair? Or look like they have worms coming out of their hair? Are there and more? I don't think there are, but it, it's just such a departure because that kind of thing is not really, I don't think, reared its head. And here she's directly commenting on... Her, her her braids. It's really, yeah. I don't know how to feel about those things. Because, like, there's a part of me... It seems like something that would definitely happen in a, oh. in a school system. Of course. And, but, but, it, but it hasn't happened in this world, and it seemed like they had different prejudices. It's, I yeah, don't know. There's a, there's a weird part of me that wonders, like, why... Oh, and mudbloods. Let's not forget about well, that. that. That's what um, I'm talking about, but, though. But, like, but like the... It, one of the things that strikes me about this book series, again, is just the idea that you want to create a fantasy world where there's a whole lot of the horribleness in the real world. Right. <laughs> just like, not even metaphor, not, not, there's no, uh, 
It's not symbolic. Right. It's the literal right. thing. Right, exactly. It'd be like watching Star Trek where they have metaphors for all the different yes. things and yes. then having someone having a non-metaphorical racial slur and you're like, yes. that's not part of this right. world. That, right. That's disguised as something. What, what's, why? Yeah. It's weird. It's, it, 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 it took it, me out and also, fuck you, Pansy Parkinson. It, but it's but that's the thing that's been bothering me the whole time, since mm-hmm. especially since house elves have shown up or, or, or the Mudbloods things. It's like, it just seems so literal that I, I wish that there was a more satisfying or clear like path these things were taking to be resolved mm-hmm. and I, I don't want to accept that the answer is well what if they were just like not resolved because like in the they're so literal that like in the real world they're not resolved and it's like that's stupid, it is stupid. I hate that version of me that thought of that ass um, but I'm sure there are people out there who that's what their argument would be yeah is, is you know like is, is that it's like it's just so like meta you know it's like that's real life. Because yeah, exactly. The player. It's oh, I haven't R- seen R- it. Richard E. Grant. Really? Thanks, Criterion. You should watch the player. You should watch the player of all Robert Altman movies. It's like Popeye and the player. Fuck shortcuts. Actually, shortcuts is pretty good. Where were we? Oh yeah, but the the, the, the literalness of right. the of these like of these uh, social ills mm-hmm. is just a bit much. It's a bit heavy, and in this one, I agree. Like worms in your hair, or whatever the fuck she says. Right awful like it's, it's awful but it also inconsistent it's inconsistently awful and, and yeah and I, and I feel like I, there's, there's a part of me that wants to defend against the idea that it is a it's it was supposed to add realism to the world they have a fucking giant squid in their lake like there's there's a this series has jumped the shark of realism like True. it's it's fantasy right um I don't I it, it seems like she wants to introduce pansy as a mean girl all of a sudden whereas before she's just been kind of like a a yes woman. You know what would be a really... But, okay, go ahead. Oh, I, just, I just, I don't, I, it's, it, maybe it's lazy? I don't know. I, I don't know if it's lazy, but I think that another, another potentially like, for me, more palatable way to do that same thing, to get the same function, is to make her Draco's girlfriend. Draco doesn't have a girlfriend. Like, if you had a hanger on, like, uh, what's that word where you are a, uh, a sycophant? If, if Draco had a sycophant girl. Yeah. If you needed to have a, yeah, a bad yeah, Slytherin girl. And they kind of did that in the movie. I mean, he took her to the ball and everything, and she's clearly into him, but they'd never really go that route. Right. And it's, it is it is weird. It seems like an obvious choice. Shrug. Shrug. It just, it, yeah, whatever. I, I guess it's more, for some reason she made it more racial, and I don't, I don't understand it, and I don't, uh, again, by don't understand it, what I mean is I can't understand why she chose it. Right. What's the extra value of including it? Right. I just don't see it. So, Other than Pansy Parkinson's a horrible person. Yeah, but again, like you said, there's other ways you can do it without including a real-world horrible fucking thing. Yeah. Like, like, is there a character in Evangeline Harry Potter that gets molested? Because we've got to have all of it, right? we got to have all the horrible shit in the world that happens uh, exemplified in this story because it's suddenly got to be... It's got to have this nugget of realism inside. There actually might be. Is there? Are you serious? I'm serious, and there is a character who's alluded to having a story that's so broad. You're like, what is she saying? What is she not saying? I don't know because it's so fucking broad. Wow. I don't know. Wow. That's the best I can say. Wow. We'll talk about that in book seven. Okay. Wow. <laughs> um, 298? 294. Go for it. No, said Harry loyally. Cheers, Harry. I'm being loyal for Ron. 
about the uh oh about him being the worst one on the on the team yeah yeah good job harry yeah Good job. He's been he's become less shitty. So uh, in 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 ironically, the book that everyone had trouble with him being the most shitty. Yeah, but I mean, he was pretty shitty for three hundred pages. <laughs> That's true, and he might it might come back. I uh, mean, he does he does have an actual enemy he can vent it on now. Okay, so that does make it yes. easier. Yes. Um, two ninety eight. No, go ahead. Okay. Um. Okay. Uh. So, Umbridge is undeniably awful. Yes. She is. If there was another word that came to mind that was more significant than awful, I would have used it. She's undeniably awful. She tortures children. She's pretty bad. But... <laughs> the stuff Percy's saying in his letter about Harry isn't necessarily wrong. <laughs> he does have a tendency to be violent. Yep. And he's incredibly disruptive. I, I mean... You can have issues with the rest of the stuff that Percy's doing, and where where and, and where from, it's coming his, from, and, yeah, his angle he's coming, coming from. from. But and and again, this is a really interesting metaphor because it's sort of a metaphor about politics, about mm -hmm. like these people who have who say things and 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 use uh, moralist arguments of facts to achieve nefarious goals. Sure, and that's what the ministry's doing. Like, for example, if you ran a business that made a lot of money um, by producing a chemical byproduct that made the overall temperature of the planet increase mm -hmm. and continued pursuit of your financial, like, you know, of, of selling that good that your entire financial and, and industrial uh, system is built around for right. your company. Uh, and if you if you came to realize that your whole... Your whole product was was gonna kill humanity. Uh, you probably wouldn't want people to know. I would say that's fair. Or you probably wouldn't want to. You would. You would have to. Come, you'd have to weigh stopping killing the planet or, or making the planet in, inhabitable, uninhabitable for humans, mm -hmm. or money. <laughs> and uh, uh, what if you could use that money? What What if you could use that money? You're making when you, while you're while you're making the planet uninhabitable for humans, to buy the services of other humans to help make laws so that you don't have to curtail your profits and continue to make the product that's byproduct towards the planet. It's like it's like if something like that was to be a thing, if that was a thing, uh, this would be a pretty good metaphor for that kind of thing. Sure. And the idea is, hey, we live we live in a free market. We got to make money, right? My investors need their money. Everything I have built around making money is built around this product that kills everything. But it, um, I need it, <laughs> <laughs> and it kind of feels like that with with the ministry, where they're like, no, Harry's bad. Dumbledore's power hungry. There, we don't have any evidence that the things they're insisting are real are real. Um, we know that Harry Potter is a bit of a problem. We need some order in the school just to make sure that everything's calming down but in reality it's because you know fudge is uh weak yeah <laughs> he's 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 terrified he's is stricken with self-doubt and he can't he doesn't have control over his uh himself or the ministry or the wizarding world so he's like freaking out and you know tightening the drawstrings mm -hmm. making it nobody can get out he's i don't have another better i don't have a better uh simile or imagery, but uh, it's kind of like that. It is very much like that. 
Three or two. Go for it. Umbridge tried to have the mer people rounded up and tagged. I thought that was some well crafted nastiness on her part. Oof. Yeah, it's again that, very, very Nazi ish. Very Nazi ish. I don't think I'd uh, picked up on it before. And I was like. Man, the, the Nazis really did a number on Europe, didn't they? I feel like that was a much drier joke that you were in. You were in the middle of something else that would have normally gone over really well. But... No, I'm sorry. I just realized my next note is very similar to your last note. Oh, and where it went. I'm just like, oh, we just did that. We just oh. covered the entire thing. Oh. Anyways, Nazis Europe, bad guys. That's over. Oh, I'm sorry. That moment's passed. We'll have to wait for Nazi joke two. It's only gonna come. It's like just wait, wait like twenty years. <laughs> I don't know. I did it. not see it coming. I mean, yeah, but come on. See, it's just the two words I used. No. And that's it. You don't know. We have standards here on Death Readers, and that is below our standards. I'm sorry. I'll tender my uh, resignation as president of Death Readers. What did you mean, Fuhrer? Well, that's where I'm going to go. Oh, no. <laughs> Shit. Uh, 305. Go ahead. Passive aggressive serious. Yeah, that was little little bitch serious. That yeah, because he's a dog. Well, um, I don't want to single out his gender. I just he's being bitchy. Well, I was just saying single out his animagus. Anyways, I'm not saying because he's a dog would imply his bitchiness came from being female for a moment. I'm not saying that. I was just going with the whole. I wasn't so. I was. I'm agreeing with you. I'm just saying it kind of works. With Let's say ass hat. Well, then, what are you talking about? Donkeys? I don't feel like that's fair to... No, like you know. butt. Like, he wears butts for hats. Anyway, Sirius <laughs> was a jerk? Yes. Okay. He's a passive-aggressive jerk. He was. The uh, duty head. He said... was the ass hat. And he said that thing about... James would have... James yeah. would have done it. Your dad would have done it. Yeah. He said something else at the end, too. He says, oh, he says, like, I'll try to contact you through the fire if you'll risk it or something like that. Yeah, it's no, like, it's really... So, like, slathered in salt. Yeah. And from someone who's supposed to be your guardian? Yeah. Not your girlfriend. Right. Was he Pansy Parkinson over here? Seriously. He's Pansy Parkinson. See, now you can do it? Fine. Oh. Fine. No, it's cool when you do it. Thanks. That's all my notes for the chapter. You have one more? No, I've got the first note for the next chapter. All right. Well, then that brings us to chapter 15. The Hogwarts High Inquisitor. My first note is page 308. 307! Go for it. I don't even necessarily remember what I was, unless it was the uh, High Inquisitor. I just got all pompous and wrote, A well-constructed metaphor for the subversion of democracy through baby steps of fear-mongering. Yeah, and... Uh, Basically what you already covered. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, and also, like, uh, but 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 different, but uh, pertinent, because I'm sure that's what she's discussing. And yeah. again, talking about actually using metaphors. Right. Um, a little bit less surface level than... than... Just the chipping away, one little... One little rule here, one little change right, here. Right, right. Suddenly totalitarian. What happened? Right. When did this happen? This is an autocracy and, and, and fascism and how they how they get there. And, and under the guise of protecting people, like of it's a thing the Fantastic Four thing I sent you. It's the same thing of this idea of like using fear mongering to except it's sort of reversed because the argument is and this is like Harry and Dumbledore actually using fear mongering. They're like, hey, Voldemort's back. I call that just being prepared or Because or... they're right, because yeah, it is happening. I, okay, but like, that's a good point. But the, and, but if you're not 
altruistic and, and honest about the source and the reason that people should be mm-hmm. uh, defensive. That's a good prepared. point. It is reverse. Right. It's like they're saying, no, we need to be ever. It's like keep calm and carry on. Right. Is very much what it's like. It's like there is no problems. It's calm mongering. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. If you would like to make cookies today, make them. There are no bombs falling. Go about as usual. If you die, you die. We'll pick up your body and move on. No wonder they're repressed. The British. Oh, the wizards. Oh, shit, right. Um, my, okay, my next note 308. Do you have anything before there? No, mine's also on 308. Um, you do yours. Mine's long. Okay. Um, I just wrote a quote from the book, which was in the article. Uh, for a full account of Madame Marchbank's alleged links to subversive goblin groups, mm-hmm. which is just... Showing how in the pocket. Yeah, it's that same the, thing. The it's, newspaper it's that, is it's that same fear mongering mm-hmm. bullshit where it's like, this is why we can't trust this person. Barack Obama hung out with that guy from the Weather Underground. He's basically a a mail bomber, or whatever. He'll blow shit up. He's a terrorist. It's it felt like that. It's that kind yeah. of thing. Um, gross. All right, lay it on me. Okay, this is a this is a soapbox moment. Big. As if as if the rest of it isn't clean episode. Because of all the soap from all the boxes that you've been on. Because there's a lot of soap boxes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I really hate uh, reading newspapers over a character's shoulder in a book. Uh, th- there's a lot of modern stories that use newspapers or radio or blogs or TV or YouTube uh, as a device, like a narrative device, to convey exposition in the narrative. Sure. Uh, and it, it isn't unique to Harry Potter, but I, I just wanted to take an opportunity to mention how fucking boring it usually is. Uh, it kind of gets a pass in these books, in these Harry Potter books, because the editors and journalists who work for the Daily Prophet and the Quibbler are all characters with motivations and agendas, and what they write in the paper helps inform the audience about those parts of them, about mm-hmm. them as entities in the story. Sure. Uh, but, but this is the exception. Uh, very usually, uh, often, very often, it's just the worst. Right. It, it's just very bad. My, my main memory of this, the first time I ever noticed it as a narrative device and hated it, yeah. were in uh, the first 30 or so issues of Spawn, the comic book series, uh, Todd McFarlane's Spawn. Uh, it's not a great book, but every time I would open up an issue of Spawn, I'd be like, oh, this is Spawn. It's a story that's written by a visual artist mm-hmm. who also draws the whole thing, mm-hmm. and that means it's probably going to be very kinetic. And what I mean by kinetic is it's gonna the story is gonna be told through action sure. and you know uh, imagery, not necessarily with a ton of uh, dialogue or prose. But for the there's a chunk of the first couple of issues of that series that have these full pages of like the Talking Head style uh, TV where it's yeah. like eight panels, each one is a person's head with like a huge block of text for yeah. each of them saying something. And each would, one go ahead, go and each one of those things is helping to explain the overall narrative, which isn't fucking interesting and boring. I just want to see Todd McFarlane's cool, badass art style with fucking spaghetti webs and shit going all over the place. I just want to see that. Uh, and it can't because I have to read this like stupid, boring, like telenovela on 
on this uh, on this first three to two or three pages. I was going to ask you how you felt about the Talking Heads in uh, Frank Miller's Dark Knight Returns. Same thing. Same thing. It's so stupid. Okay. It just it doesn't matter where they come from. I hate them. Uh, this again, this one gets a pass because those characters do things. Like Luna's dad is the editor of the Quibbler. Sure. There's it's a little more uh, in, uh, it entwines more uh, with with the characters we're dealing with. Right. Uh, what's her name uh, sh- shows up in the in the, a few books ago with the right. green pen. Rita, Rita Skeeter. Rita Skeeter. She's she'll be back. she's a she'll character, be back. right? But she's a character. Like she she does a thing that sure. is more than just is a faceless writing. And her, you know, her writing book. style informed her character, and we grew to hate her because of it. Right, and it wasn't just here is all the exposition. I don't have the time or interest in crafting into a more palatable way of communicating. Right, this one I believe wasn't even presented as an article. It was all italicized, as yes. opposed to like that. This is separate from right. the books. Right, and we don't know who wrote it. it wasn't there's no byline. Right. Um, yeah, it, it, this one works better, but like it just reminded me of this sure. thing I hate. No, I'm um, saying of these, this one is the lesser, even though agreed, it works better. Agreed, totally. I'm trying to think of more that I've experienced and I hate it, but it's, uh, there's just so many. Almost any time it happens, like it calls to mind that feeling of just like, why did you have to make me read this? Like you're just, you, you're just writing out your plot synopsis for me to read. That's so boring. You're just You're doing that so you can get to the stuff you want to do. But you had to set it up this in this really poor way in the beginning, in the first place. So how about the kid who collected Spider-Man? Never read it. What? Isn't that the one you sent me the paper I sent it to you all the fucking times. Like the third time I've sent it to you. Yeah. I've never. It's like framed by a newspaper article. Oh, yeah. It's terrible. I hate that fucking newspaper article. Well, again, like... I mean, I, I get the point I of the story, but I hate that. I don't hate characters. Like, no, 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 no. Definitely not. And that's not... It's not the same thing. And I don't hate stories told through a journalist's eyes. Sure. Uh, but it's just like the idea of having that specifically exposition exposition told through news articles or stories to me feels really lazy mm-hmm. um but whatever and i just i i it, it occurred to me here it happens here for like two or three pages and i just i mean i can see how it informs a wider world view so when another newly introduced character reacts to your main characters who've been written about a certain way you're like why are they reacting to them like this oh because the story's out there but that's not often how it's used it's that's sometimes true. the ones i'm really talking about the ones i'm specifically angry about are the ones where it's just communicating to the audience there's no character who's also getting this information and doing anything with gotcha, it got you got no that makes sense um, makes all sense i would guess that it might also happen i think it, it might also happen in watchmen in a little bit i was gonna I say it, um, yeah i think it does it's hard to remember. That book is so dense, um, and I might be getting it confused with the There's whole. There's certainly like, radio reports, there? and yeah, and no, I'm pretty sure it's in Watchmen. I'm trying to remember. It. I'm trying to make sure I'm not conflating it with the Black Sales comic or whatever it was no, called. No, that's a separate thing. Okay, I feel like they were both in there. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, my next note is three fifteen. Yeah. I'm telling you, Professor Trelawney is not a cookie fraud. How so? She has the second sight, or the sight, or whatever they call it. Yeah. She has it. Yeah, she's made two predictions. We know that. She's made, yeah, but there's a moment in here where- I know. I want to know what that moment is. The moment is where Ron and Harry both look at each other and say, they know she's a fraud. I think they even say she's a kooky fraud, <laughs> and that's my, my, might be why I wrote that down. But she, I mean, I'll admit, she's kooky. She's not. What? She's a nut. She's a nut. Yeah. yeah. But she's not a fraud. She's certainly not a kooky fraud. Everybody trees are like it. And, like, so, so specifically, the thing she says, I, I think I know what you're trying to get me to say. I think I finally see what you get you, what you're trying to get me to get myself to say. This is amazing. I'll just I watch this. I think it is what it is. Uh, 
the part where he, he, Harry's like writing all his stupid dreams down, he's making them all up, and then she, every one of them she goes, you're gonna die an untimely death, and that's true. <laughs> oh, all right, fine, that's, that's a good point. <laughs> I keep forgetting that that's an actual plot line of this series that counts as a death just because he dies. <laughs> uh, so fine. Yes, you win. Thanks. Does it feel good? Yep. Does it feel like like a beam from heaven is slathering your body in a golden... Beams bathe, they don't slather. Well, this is a slather beam. <laughs> okay. Apologies to all beams. I guess this is a slather beam. Beam? <laughs> slather beans. Slather beans. With a side of slather beans. Stop looking at me. I can't. Turn my high power perception. <laughs> I only know a couple ones from that movie. That's, That's my good. extent. That's good. It is rather slippery of you. Um, but yeah, it. Uh, they don't give her enough credit, man. I think it's. I feel bad for that character because, like, I think I, like, I, I. What I'm guessing is that she has sort of like an imposter syndrome thing. Like she's. Like, I mentioned this a couple episodes ago about, like, my theory about how her pro- her process works. Right. And I still believe that that's accurate. But, like, I feel bad for her because I feel like she gets that people don't trust her. I think I feel like she gets that people think she's full of shit. But she's, like, she, and she knows she's limited by how the process works. So she can't just, like, manifest a prediction that is so obvious and it works for right. them that way. I am a little more surprised that... I'm sure she has some self-confidence, but that she hasn't taken all these predictions about Harry's untimely death to Dumbledore and being like, uh, yeah, I know people think I'm crazy, but uh, the kid's going to die. She might be. She might be. Because Dumbledore be, might be going, counting on it. That would be a great reveal. Show yourself out. That would be a great reveal. That he's like, oh, no, I've had Professor Trelawney on this from day one, and she's been trying to, she's supposed to be telling you about this thing <laughs> and informing you that this is, hap- is going to happen. Are you not getting the messages? Did you attend class? <laughs> You're passing. You're getting A's, which I understand in this book to basically be C's. Yes. <laughs> Whatever. Um, that was a little bit of whimsy trying to rear its head, wasn't I it? I hated this. I hated it so much. I was like, Oh, is outstanding. Yeah. Was E for it exceeds, exceeds expectations, expectations, which is the next A for acceptable. There's something else before uh, D. There was P, poor. P for poor. And then there was T for like some troll for troll, which might not be a joke. Hint, it's not. It comes up. Oh, okay. Um, which is which is I feel weird okay. since it's a great joke, but when someone actually gets a T or talk about having assigned a T at some point, I'm like, why? Yeah, that's not funny. Yeah, I don't. Why? Uh, my next note is three. I was just like one. Okay, three twenty-eight. Uh, three eighteen. Go for it. He sure showed her. Showed who? Uh, Umbridge by continuing to. Oh, I see what's mutilate happening. his hand and I see uh, what's happening. Not tell anybody about it. Um, yeah. He's given her what for? You know, it's tough for me in this one because uh, because beneath my breast beats the heart of a rebel. Okay. Sure. Yeah. And so I. Look at what he's doing, and I'm like, fuck yeah. Suffer for the cause. Don't let him win. Power to yeah. the people. Yeah, this is how we take it back. To the this is how backwards, we... because that's where the writing appears. Yeah, this yeah. is how we defeat the, the bourgeoisie. Yeah. This is how we take them down. Yeah. We, we bleed 
who take their power away from them, you know? The potterletariat. Yes. And, uh, but, then there's this part of me that's like, he's a child. (laughs) (laughs) And an avowed idiot. And a complete idiot. And also might be deliberately being manipulated into these positions by someone. Yeah, that's also true. And a pawn. Yeah, as we've discussed. And uh, just I mean, it's just worth noting that that's sad, I think. It's worth noting that it's sad that like this character is I, I believe that like I don't I don't really don't think people I've never heard, I guess that's how I should phrase this. I've really never heard people talk about Dumbledore as being this sort of like manipulative kind of puppet master like, puppet mastery sure. kind of guy. And that's Clearly. It, it seems <laughs> to be exactly what's happening. That's, I think that's the main reason he's not in these books mm-hmm. so far that much is because he's busy probably being the headmaster <laughs> or whatever, but he's also busy, like, you know, making sure all these other things are working out from a distance, like balancing everything. Right. Um, or, like, testing the waters, like trying to make Voldemort come out, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like, what do you, what's that thing you do with, like, splinters? Um where you can like you like or, or blisters like you put blisters in like salt water or something, and then they uh, they like finish ballooning. It's something you do like that where you can put like blisters or splinters in in salt water, and they and the way that the salt water affects the skin helps it like draw it out. Hmm. Um, that seems like it would be a splintery thing. It blisters might be a is there for protection. Yeah, you don't want a blister popping in salt water. That's gonna suck. Oh, maybe it's gonna be sterile. Aren't there like lots of amoebas and bacteria living in oceans? Are you talking about just saline you can make solution? a saline solution oh, at home. I didn't say the ocean. I'm not a monster. I feel like it's probably it's also splinters. also a lot of fecal materials. I feel like it's probably splinters. Sure. You can see Ingrown also. hairs. Oh. I think that's the other one. Oh, okay. Ingrown hairs do the same thing. If you take hot, salty water, it helps the ingrown hairs like come to the surface. <laughs> so it probably works with splinters as well. Yeah. Um... Anyway, uh, he, I think he's doing things kind of like that. That was weird. I'm sorry for everyone that was listening just then. I'm sure that was really weird to hear all that. Um, this is a Harry Potter podcast, I promise. <laughs> Not just a couple of weird old dudes in a sauna. Uh, <laughs> Talking about politics and what's wrong with the country today. Back in my day, the people had their cars and they jumped over the police. Whoa. Damn death reader boys back again. I think you need to stop that. That's weird. <laughs> Which one? <laughs> that voice. I like that voice. I don't even know what it is, but I like it. I think that's what I like about it, is it it can be anything you want it to be. Okay. You probably put something in there. I don't I you put assigned not, something what? No. to it, didn't you? I did not. You did. No. You did. I didn't. I See, did. I didn't assign I anything did. to it. <laughs> I think that's what uh, Dumbledore's doing from the from the shadows. Is yeah. He's just he's uh, applying soft, gentle manipulations that will play out over time. Sure. Um, like salt water to an ingrown hair or a splinter. That's how we got there. Yes. Oh, right. Okay. Yes. Sorry, Thank was, you. No, I. It's hard that. for me. <laughs> I have to, no, you, I have, you did it. I have to do that a lot. I appreciate <laughs> it's it. It's my fault. It's it's helpful because I'll just spiral off into space. Spiral uh, in a condensed space. More and more and more until uh, you can no longer break through the surface to where your point was until you end up festering in the heat and pressure of your own uh, convoluted idea, like an ingrown hair.
I was still in space. Sorry. <laughs> Don't worry. When you re-listen to it on the edit. Oh, right. Okay, okay. Cool, 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 cool. <laughs> um, so I feel bad for Harry because of that. Sure. And uh, It sucks to be manipulated. It does, but it also like sucks when you, being manipulated means you literally have to be tortured. And like, I, I wish people would have more of an open conversation about, like, I, I don't know, I wish it's fucking 25 years ago this shit was being talked about. Um, but, like, this idea that, like, Harry... Dumbledore is torture... Like, Dumbledore is complicit in all these things because he puts Harry in these positions. True. Like, he's... And he does, he's not taking any effort to stop them. Can we, can we argue that Dumbledore doesn't know about specifically the hand-cutting torture? Or do we think that's not likely? I don't know. He seems omnipresent sometimes. Like, it feels, it feels like there would be portraits that would get back to him. Being like, do you know what's going on in the fucking... Right. Trans Against the Dark Arts classroom? That, that's fucked up. You right. need to stop this. Right. Or like... This comes up later, and I, I just want to plant the seed now. Other kids get this punishment, oh. and it never gets back. Wow. Little kids. Ooh, that's terrible. Yeah, and um, it never gets back to people in charge. Spoilers. Well, yeah, but I, I feel I like will it. never tell spoilers. Mm. It's not on my hand. Nope, it's not. Um, I think you're probably right there, but I, I want to point out the reason I have these suspicions that he has more knowledge than we think he does mm-hmm. is because of uh, Prisoner of Azkaban. Um, in Prisoner of Azkaban, during the Time Turner sequence, there's all those moments where Dumbledore is conveniently uh, distracting people with their attention somewhere else. Right. right at the exact moment, they have to be not looking at this spot of a thing. Right. Before, in the correct timeline, he knows that the kids are there with the Time Turner, presumably. But that becomes the question is, but did he already know that that was going to be happening? Because he didn't know it was going to happen until that sequence ends, and he says, Time Turner, go do it, take it back. And then he walks out of the room, and they're back there, and he's like, why? Why was why? That was in the movie. That's just in the movie? I feel like there's stuff no, in the book. No, in the that... book he says, good job. Stupid. <laughs> it's not stupid. The movie is the basic text. <sighs> it's the it's the it's it's where everything comes from is the movies. No. Yes. That's not how it works. That's exactly how it works. Um, but also, how do we know Dumbledore didn't have a time turner himself? And that was future Dumbledore doing all those things. Because that would mean that in the first timeline, Dumbledore wouldn't have done it. There would be an original timeline where he didn't do those Unless things. Dumbledore went back enough to distract himself. And so say, there's two timelines? No, there's one timeline. Future, no, listen, stop happen. for a second. Stop, no, stop, you stop, stop. And think about Future, time travel. I'm doing that. I'm thinking about it and talking at the same time. It's going to end beautifully. Future Dumbledore goes back in time and far enough that he says, old Dumbledore, chill, stay in your Dumbledore office while I go render Dumbledore errands. Okay, and he can talk order? to he can talk to himself because he's Dumbledore and he's cool enough to be like in, oh in future me is going to do this shit and then no no wait, you're already wait. already off you're already no, off I'm not, I'm not I'm not then Dumbledore future Dumbledore will come back to past Dumbledore and say hey work beautifully I'm taking off in uh, two weeks you need to be me later bye that no but that isn't how it works because the first Dumbledore would have to have not done it in the first place. No, he wouldn't he, have not. Yes, he would. He, or he always will have when he ascends no, to see, future Dumbledore and comes back and does no, it again. No, that's, that's the broken... This is linear fucking thinking. That isn't... No, it's not. It's it's broken time travel. That's, it's not broken time travel. It, it is. It's, it's not. It, it is. Because he was stopped by himself before he it's ever the became whole, the first... He never had to go Kyle through Reese it. It's the Reese thing. It's like... If yeah. Ki- yeah. Yeah. That's what's wrong with it. It's, it's not it's wrong. A fallacy. How's it wrong? How's it wrong? How's it fallacy? Because there is a the first time it happened, it couldn't have happened. It's no, because the first time it happened would be future Dumbledore showing up because of the mechanics of time travel. I don't think so, man. Absolutely. I think, I think Absolutely. Off. I just don't agree. 
I don't, I don't think so. He would have been going about his day, and like Gandalf showing up to Bilbo, he'd have been like, what's this? Another Dumbledore? And the future Dumbledore would be like, I'm looking for someone to go on an adventure no. of staying in your office while I handle this shit. That's what would have happened. I don't think so. Sorry. And Ian McKellen would play all the wizards from that point on. No. Because Christopher Lee died. Nope. Yep. Uh, my next note is 328. Um, my last note is, I think, 320. Or 322, okay. hard okay. to tell. Um, it was about Umbridge in McGonagall's class. Uh, specifically, I ran out of time to read this, so as a compromise, I read the chapter aloud to my kid for bedtime stories, and she had the, she pointed out, isn't it weird? Like, with you know, winky face, eyebrow, hmm, wink, nudge, nudge. Uh, isn't it weird that all the classes Umbridge is auditing are the ones with Harry in it? And I said, oh, yeah, good point. She could easily have gone to a transfiguration class that wasn't a fourth-year McGonagall. But she didn't go to all of Harry's classes. No, not all of them. And there's one hour that she doesn't go to where presumably she's in a different class auditing that class. Or she's teaching a class. I guess Shut that's up. also... My kid's smart. Oh, I didn't say she wasn't. I'm just saying that... Smarter than you. She understands time travel. She, she does. She would know my time travel makes sense. It does make sense. I wrote it down and drew a map. Didn't need to. My map was in my head. Looks like you're stuck between The Rock and a hard case. Is that one of his movies? It's from The Rock. It's from The Rock? Oh, yeah. I thought you were doing a... Yeah, I, was, I was hoping he was a movie called The Hard Case and you were making two <laughs> Sean Connery movie references, no. but you were just making one. Yeah, just the one. Um, 328... I'm only borrowing your Humvee! Okay, no. Um, okay. <laughs> it's fine. 328. Is it really the first time Hermione uses Voldemort's name? I looked, I Googled it, and it, it, no one seems to have challenged it. So, or the people, the one thread I saw didn't challenge it. Um, I think it might be. So, it just seems odd that for a Muggle-born person who didn't grow up with this whole Voldemort is a is a guy who you should be afraid of until uh -huh. she got her letter, mm -hmm. that she Interesting. would. Okay, no, I believe me. I have this note directly referencing that other thing. Oh, okay. So I'm gonna get there. Okay, okay. I'm just saying. Because it still fits. It still you, fits. You, what you just talk? I'll just, tell, I'll just, just do, talk, it. do it. You I'll do do it. it. Get on your soapbox. I got another one for you. Irish Spring. Manly, yes, but I like it too. Tell me your little theory. <laughs> that was such a fireplace serious thing to do. <laughs> fireplace serious. Uh, it just seems odd that for a Muggleborn, if they take her five, she would have such. Uh, it's not irreverence, but it's like it's like it, it's a like fear. Yeah. Um, yeah, I know what you mean. What's that word? It's like reverence, but from a fear-based place. It's like, uh, um, you know how it's you a can, taboo. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You have such a taboo. Yeah. Um, to say the the name of the magic boogeyman, like. Uh, I just, I don't believe that she should have that hang up. It's certainly not, odd. not as much where she has to stumble over. Like I, she, it feels more to be like, yeah, I guess we're doing it. I see your point of view. This yeah. Is, this is silly. Right. And, and, and that she would just be like, I'm just saying his name cause it doesn't matter. And then that would gradually make everybody more comfortable with it. Like sure. what Harry does. Right. But it's kind of like your issue with the movie Hermione having the, uh, being distraught over the mudblood thing. Um, 
Which you defended. Which I defended and I still defend because my explanation for it, I think, is still the most, the best part of the story. Run through it again. The idea is that she had already been, she'd already come to terms with understanding what it was mm -hmm. in in that school so far, or, or in the first year, because this happens in the second year. Mm -hmm. So the first year, someone had already made her go through that. Mm -hmm. um, she already had her first year experience where Harry and Ron do that thing where they're like, no wonder she doesn't have any friends, right? They're pretty shitty she, to her. We she, don't know who else is shitty to her. And shitty to her for other reasons we're not aware of yet that That's... they would be aware of and they would definitely do. Right. Somebody out there is going to be a, a racist bigot to her, essentially. And the idea is that she's already gone through that and so there's nobody more equipped to share with her friends her heartache than her in that moment of saying it's a really foul word or whatever she says. I think that's what she says. Yeah, that's um, pretty, pretty much what she says. And and it means so much more coming from her in that moment because she you, you get that emotion of, oh, God, this poor kid's already gone through that. It's not the same because we already have the nascent character. We have Harry, the nascent character, who doesn't know what this is. He's right. our surrogate. Then we have... Ron and everyone else who does know what it is and knows it's pretty bad. But then we, what we're missing is the character who's suffering through it. That character is so much more powerful if they have already suffered through it and and, ex and uh, demonstrate that suffering as opposed to also being the nascent surrogate. So in the it makes a lot more sense in the movie. Makes a tad more sense. It's like a lot. I'll allow it it's to make sense. I'm allowing it to make sense. Don't push it. But Don't push Voldemort it. But the Voldemort thing, I actually, I think is crap. I think this that, one's that's crap. totally learned behavior. Yes. And not something that she is being directly affected by other than watching everyone else and grown ups go. I, I think she says it way earlier in the movies. I think she says his name. I, I, we, I don't remember. Look, I don't remember looking for it, but I would be so fucking surprised. I feel like because I can see her doing it. And I feel like it's this scene in book in movie is five. It? Is I it? feel like she does her her she very chokes her, it. her very much. What's her name? Emma Emma Watson. Voldemort performance. Yep. It was like she was in the room, right? She's a very good actress. <laughs> yes, I am. Thank you. It's always nice to meet a fan. I, I mean, I liked her in Little Women. Well, it was it was a unique role. I still got the accent, <laughs> the American accent. I'm a method and I'm in character. Really weird life you've chosen, <laughs> Emma. Post post Potter to to do this with me. It's very it's bold. Where do you have the time to do Little Women? Because anyway, I mean, we we actually shot it so long ago. <laughs> um, that's all my notes. It's all my notes. Cool. What do you have any overviews? I don't. I don't think so. Um, How about Ron sucking at uh, Quidditch? He just needs to get out of his head, man. You think so? Yeah. That'll be better, I'm sure. What about the twins nearly killing that girl? That was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> that is so something I could relate to. Just, yep. just this will fix it. Oh, shit, that was the wrong end. <laughs> That's the end that made it fucking worse. Yeah. Like, you can't even give you the correct end. We have to go to the hospital. I, I feel or like, you're going to hemorrhage at your face. I feel like they should have known that as soon as one of them realized it earlier. I feel like one of them realized it way earlier and then just didn't say anything. And then they were all almost died. That's pretty bad. That's really bad. It's really bad. Um, I'm trying to think of anything else that happens in this. Uh, well, what do you think of Hermione reading the whole Defense Against the Dark Arts book and knowing it enough to like fight with? Uh, pretty classic Hermione. Yeah, but it made me think like 
Because she was the one who listened to the speech. Right. And, like, took it in. Right. I could not have done that. Right. Like, straight up, as beyond my powers. Right. Yeah. I'm, uh... it's, it, it, it's, it's cool. It, it's... I like having people like that in my corner because I'm not going to ever be that person. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh... What about, uh... Harry being convinced to be the defense against the dark arts teacher. Has he been convinced yet? Maybe. He's been at least... It's a, a storyline I like. It's been pitched. It's a storyline I like. I like it too. I think it makes a lot of sense. Uh, I like the way that they justify it and explain it to him. And I, I like that sequence because like, I feel like she wrote it in a way that was a really good like example of like, you get where they're coming from, where right. Hermione come from and they're giggling, but you also entirely get where Harry's coming from. It's like, no, you guys don't understand... It's really, this isn't stuff I chose. Right. Like, I don't want to be this guy. And it hurts. It makes me feel bad. Like, I. I and totally like, the misunder, uh, reading their, their smirks. Yes. Like, I, yes. I, I, I get both sides yes, of that. Yes, totally. It was it very was, well done. Yeah, it was very well done. It's an all right book. Um, new words? New word alert. Don't judge me about these words and not hey, not having known them exactly, okay? I never judge. Break. Ephemeral. Ephemeral? Ephemeral. E-P-H-E-M-E-R-A-L. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The best way I could ever define ephemeral is like this. I don't think that's it. Okay. Uh, at least this definition. Sure. Uh, ephemeral. Yeah. An adjective. Yeah. Meaning lasting a very short time. Oh, really? Yeah. That's See, I think I had the same impression you had, which was why I actually looked it up. Yeah. Because I think I was mixing up with like ethereal or like... Uh, I swear I've heard it used that way. Well, there's more. I'll, I'll, we'll read through the rest of it. Sure, but sure, this sure, one sure. Is lasting, uh, the second definition of that adjective is, is lasting one day only. Huh. Um, then there is... Like the life of a fruit fly. Is ephemeral. The second definition of the noun um, means uh, something that lasts for a very short time, something ephemeral, uh, specifically a plant that grows flowers and dies in a few days. Hmm. So. Yeah, no, I was way off. And that's why I looked it up. Not because you were way off, but because I felt like I was similarly <laughs> way off. No, that's. So, I'm glad you looked it up. Yeah, like How I said. How was it I, used? Do you remember? Um, I th- okay, so I'm. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it was in, like, issue, like, 18 or 17 of Fantastic Four. Sure. And they have to go back in time to ancient Egypt to get a radioactive herb that they can bring back into the present day Mm -hmm. to uh, heal Alicia Masters' blindness so that she can choose whether or not... And they don't say this out loud, but it's really, like, they're going to give her the... Okay, so she's dating the thing. The thing, right, yeah. And she's going to... If she's... She's blind, and that's what... He, he's insecure, and he thinks that that's the reason... That's the only reason she'll continue to date him. Right. So he's willing to sacrifice the potential being with her because if she gets her eyesight back, he's he's convinced she'll leave him. But he loves her, and he wants to give her her eyesight back, so he'll do it anyway. So he goes back, and they, and they try to find this plant, and then, uh-oh, Rama Tut is, is running... He's a spaceman from the future who's a descendant of Doctor Doom who used his ancestor's old time machine to travel back to ancient uh, Egypt to be a cool king of Egypt, a pharaoh, if you will. And uh, he uh, he's fucked up with the Fantastic Four, and he's like, "Ah, I got you. <laughs> now you can't have stuff. I'm you're I'm gonna make you my slaves." 
and then uh, the so then they then they have a fight. But ephemeral was used in this issue <laughs> because the time machine they used only lasted one day. Oh, okay. I think that was why it was used. Because in 24 hours, Alicia Masters in the future would say, boop, push sure. the button again, and then from one day in the yeah. thousands of years right. in the past, they would come back. Isn't there ephemeral also of or relating to ephemera, which is like otherworldly etherealness? I, I understand, I'm, I'm, I'm but I thought ephemera was a thing. Things pertaining to it were ephemeral. I'll look up ephemera. Maybe I'm just a crazy person. Something of no lasting significance. Well, that's just me being wrong. How do you like that? I I was also wrong. I know, but my wrongness was, was better. On, was recorded. No, it wasn't better. I mean, admonitory. Admonitory? Is that like admonishment? So like uh, expressing admonition. Yeah. Or a warning. Yeah. The owl with Cho mm. gives her an admonitory screech. Like, put my leg down, girl. <laughs> and Cho ignores it. Much to her displeasure. Lastly. Brusque. Brusque. Or brusque. Um, sharpen. Mm. Go ahead. No, no, I'm, I'm, I'm giving all... No, you do yours first. Um, like... Just like a sharp tone. Uh, a bl- the second definition is blunt in manner or speech often to the point of ungracious harshness. Yes. So, yeah. That's what I said. The first definition, which is what I was thinking about when I when I interrupted you, was that it's marked, uh, markedly short and abrupt. And I was thinking, oh, like ephemeral. Oh, but no, it's 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 more like it's being curt. Curt, thank you. That was yeah. a, a word I couldn't think of. Yeah, oh, I gotcha. You get um, so that was and that was in also this these chapters. Yeah. So here we go, learning new words. We're, we're, Thanks for coming so along the ride with us to learn new words. Yeah. But that was Death Readers. Thanks. For, uh, I'm Doug. I'm Emma Watson. I'm also where th- you listened and thanks. What? Uh, that's what we say at the end of it, right? <laughs> You listened. Thanks. Thanks for listening. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry. What the Uh, hell are you doing? No, it's okay. I'm Doug. I'm Rob. Thanks for listening. Thanks. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, or wherever you get your podcasts. These reviews help new listeners find us and join the discussion. Follow us on Twitter and like our new Facebook page for Death Readers News. Become a patron at Patreon slash Death Readers. And please discuss us extensively on Reddit that I might not uh, get on the first ride or read. Ooh. Read ride round. You okay? You doing okay? Nope. Not okay. <laughs> Do you smell toast? My feet are cold. My feet are cold and my legs swelling. No, it's not. Uh, does your arm hurt all of a Often. sudden? Off, all of a sudden. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to steal that pantomime. <laughs> it's so... It doesn't work in an audio. No, it doesn't. But it was good. It was good. Um, (laughs) The the problem with doing a fake fall like that is that you never know when to stop. Right. Like, you never know, like, is this bit worth crashing into something for? It might be. Well, see, for me... If you could crash into, like, a counter and bounce off, that would be great. Yeah, but my, my always thought is, like, it depends on what the reaction you want from the person. Like, I don't want you to actually worry that I've somehow had a stroke... And because 
first thing I'd probably do is slap your face hard, which... Oof, I don't want that either. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, if, Also, I don't know if that's what you should do to someone who's having oh, it's a stroke. Definitely, it's, definitely, it's definitely tip number one on stroke victims. Just haul the fuck off just, and slap them. Just em. beat the shit out of someone who's not having a stroke. beat the shit out. Smack them, though. Listen, they, they can't that, even feel half their body anymore. That it's knocks not hurt the them stroke as as out they... of their head. Oh, God. <laughs> and if they're faking you out, instant revenge. So you're saying... Yeah. That my uh, tendency to cry wolf when it comes to things through pantomime, like having a stroke, mm-hmm. uh, is going to cause a lot of people who are actually suffering strokes and heart attacks to be slapped. <laughs> Just to make sure they aren't faking. Well, I mean, it's, it's the rules of stroke. It's not, it's not, it has nothing to do with you. I'm not making this up on top of my head. <laughs> Good to know. Also, that would presuppose anyone was going to listen to me and then do what I said. Maybe you should clarify that they shouldn't. Maybe. <laughs> Guess that's on you. <laughs> As I cover the mic, no one's going to hear this. I forgot, I forgot this was the Harry Potter episode, not the Patreon episode. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, is so that why you're talking more... about how no one's going to hear it? Because yeah. you thought it was going to go yeah. on Patreon and yeah. forgot this is the actual yeah. free podcast we do? Yeah. So uh, uh, I don't know what else to say. I think that I think our preamble's done. <laughs> Maybe, but I could hear it. So be you're bad. saying your brain is Mozart and your mouth is Salieri? Yeah. 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 We all have that my, problem. My my <laughs> my body. I'm identifying with my you. body does everything backwards. Right. <laughs> Am I not picking up on something? Amadeus. Do everything backwards. Oh, yes. I'm not doing that again. <laughs> but, I mean, no one's going to hear this. <laughs> <laughs> not going to do it. It's just lingering out there. <laughs> Whole smash. <laughs> oh, nope. <laughs> oh, nope. <laughs> God damn it. Amazing. <laughs> I'm not that guy anymore. I'm afraid, I'm afraid you're going to explode if you don't do it. <laughs> you asshole. <laughs> this is so weird. This is so weird. It's it's so weird. No one would. No one knows what this is like. <laughs> You just do it. You just, no, just free, safe space. No, you can no, just do it. No, no. I'm. I feel bad now. <laughs> it's okay. I feel bad. I like teed you up, and now I feel like you're on. I hit you in the balls with the t ball. <sighs> We're good. Okay. <laughs> anyway. Um, <laughs> it's only room enough in this sauna for one of us to talk like that. The yeah. other one has to have conniptions about not saying movie lines. Um. Look, I, I, <laughs> I try not to let the other guy out. Yeah, I know. The secret is you're always quoting. So hard, you feel like you're a pass out. <laughs> I know a guy who does. 
<laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> I've never experienced it myself, but I've seen it firsthand. <laughs> Just don't slap me. <laughs> but that was Death Readers. Thanks. For, uh, I'm Doug. I'm Emma Watson. I'm also. Where th- you listened and thanks. What? Uh, that's what we say at the end of it, right? <laughs> you listened. Thanks. Thanks for listening. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry. What uh, the hell are you doing? No, it's okay. I'm Doug. He'll take it from the top. I'm, no, but I'm Doug, though. <laughs> I'm Rob. No! Damn you! <laughs> Thank you. You have listened. What are you doing? We did it, right? Oh, my God. Did we just... That's, that's it. No. Oh, okay. I'm Doug. I'm Emma Watson. You're Rob. No. What? I've... I came You've out completed you on your this, listening. On this podcast... <laughs> You being ephemeral? <laughs> no, I'm being an actress. I'm Doug. I'm Emma Watson. <laughs> I'm Doug. You do. I'll let you, I'll, I'll let you do one. I'll I don't let. want to now. <laughs> I'm Doug. I'm Rob. Emma Watson. Thanks for listening. Thanks. <laughs>